podcast from Delance Healing Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 in the Delance Healing Church building at Le Bank St. Sampson in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. To contact us or to find out more information about us, please visit our website at delancehealing.co.uk. Okay, if you've also got your Bibles, 1 Chronicles. I want to talk, I think this is an amazing prayer for your life for this coming year. I kind of think if we would pray this prayer every day this coming year, we would see amazing things happen in our own lives and us corporately as a church. 1 Chronicles 4 is probably quite known to us. I just thought, I've called it the prayer of kings. The prayer of kings. One Chronicles four verse nine. Now Jabez was more honourable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh that you would bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory, or some may have enlarged my coastline. That your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Wow. What an amazing prayer that would be, wouldn't it? If you prayed that prayer every day of your life, you'd be amazed what God would do in your life. Ever thought about this? It's a very, very, you get all these lists of big, someone begats someone, somebody begats somebody else, somebody begats somebody else. And right in the midst of all the begats, you just see this little prayer. You think about it, that man is known for his prayer. He's not known because he raised, he did some amazing miracle, or he's not known because he, he performed some incredible feat. He's known because of his prayer. So that would mean that prayer has incredible importance, is that right? That's what he's known for. He's known for his prayer because his prayer some way, somehow, touched the heart of God. Because you read that through, it says that God heard his prayer. I want to see, firstly, the word Jabez. Look at the word Jabez. It actually means pain, sorrow, or grief. It was a pain to his mom... And so his mom named him after her experience. She named, imagine being called Pain. Imagine that is your name. Pain. And that was his name. His name was Pain, Sorrow, Grief. You know, people can carry labels the whole of their life. Sometimes even names that we were called at school can somehow attach themselves to our life. And we walk and live our whole life under that name. It's almost a label that can be completely unattached to us. A label that somehow we, we, we get connected to, we get stuck with, it almost becomes our identity. You think of some of the names that have been placed over your life. That have almost maybe become part of your identity. 
failure, trouble, crisis. And often names can be so easily attached to us, they become part of our identity. You imagine how this man must have felt. His mother called him a pain. That's what his mother called him. Names in the Bible weren't just kind of, you know, they just, you know, look through a book. Often, they'd often wait, sometimes years, before they actually named a person. They'd look at the character. They'd look, they'd look how their character would develop. And so they would attach their name according to what they would want their character to be. Here is a mother full of anger and bitterness about having a child that she calls in pain and sorrow, which becomes part of his identity. And I think there could be labels over our life that often can limit us in life. And, and throughout his life, he was thought of as a pain, a pain to be born. I think he would have experienced the pain of rejection. You don't call someone that name if you really love them, is that right? And so Jabez carried this sense of rejection. And people can live all their life with rejection. And I found that rejection often leads to more rejection. We feel like nobody likes us. People go into a room and feel that the whole world's against them. And we need, like Jabez, to begin to shift our thinking. And here's what to get a hold of. He didn't pray the prayer of a rejected person. You see that? He didn't pray the prayer of somebody who was bound and limited in life. He prayed the prayer of a king. That's the incredible thing. He prayed the prayer of a king. He had a lot of pain, but he prayed the prayer of a king. I love it. It's interesting. If you read Jabez, the Bible says he came from the tribe of Judah. And Judah means praise. I love it. And in the midst of his pain, he committed his life to praise. And I think no matter what you're going through, if you're willing to be a praiser, you're always going to come out in victory. Can you say amen? I think the key in these days, I believe more than anything else, we've got to learn to be praisers. With all my heart, I believe we're to see God move. If we're to see God do all that he desires to do, we've got to develop a lifestyle of praise. It's got to be foremost. It's got to be part of who we are. Praise us. People who know how to praise God, often in difficult times. And this man was distinguished because of his prayer. His prayer stood out. His prayer was the prayer of a king. He never let his circumstance determine his future. Something rose up within him. Something got a hold of the promises of God in his life. And he learned in his pain to praise. And he says, you know what? I'm going to use my pain to actually cause something to be beneficial in my life. Here's what I want to see. I think often when we go through the pains in life, it's often a process. And I believe if we bring them to God, God can take our pains, our disappointments, all the things that hit our lives, and God can turn them into something else. It can birth something amazing through our pains and through our disappointments in life. Now I found some of the greatest ministers on the face of this earth were birthed in pain. Were birthed in disappointment. 
We're often birthed in failure. I think the Bible's full of people who never got exactly everything right. They went through pains, they messed up, they failed, but they allowed God to use their pain and their disappointment to birth something amazing in their life. I think one of the greatest books ever read was called this. Don't waste your sorrows. There's not one experience or pain in life that God can't use for his glory. Can you say amen? Nothing in life that we go through that God can't use to bring something awesome and amazing. God turned pain into praise. Whining into winning. Gloom into glory. Who says about this man? He was more honourable than anybody else. And that word honourable means glory. The man who experienced the most pain experienced the most glory. How many found that in life? Those who often have gone through the, the most darkest times in life are often the ones who carry the most glory of God and the presence of God on their life. And God, and God said, and basically he was praying, God, Turn my pain into something incredible, something amazing. I think the prayer of Jacob is saying, God, I believe you can take someone like me who's been through pain, adversity, trouble, hardships, and I believe that you can raise me up to a point in life where I don't reflect my experiences of the past. You know what that could happen in life? How many have found that that can happen in life? Often people can multiply their pain and their sorrows. Because of what they've been through, it makes them bitter. It, makes, it begins to multiply the bitterness, the anger, the, the fear, the disappointment, because they don't allow God to deal with it. It begins to multiply in their life. And Jabez is praying, he's saying, don't let that pain multiply my life. Don't let me multiply it. But Lord, I ask that you would bless me. I ask you to turn my pain and my sorrow and you do something amazing and incredible through it. So I can become a blessing. Let's look at this incredible prayer very quickly. Oh, that you would bless me and you would bless me indeed. Jabez was in this awful situation, but he knew the answer to it was the blessing of God. The blessing of God means supernatural favor. The word blessing in the Hebrew actually means to boost. Isn't that lovely? That word blessing means to boost. He's saying, Lord, I've been in this valley long enough. I've been limited long enough. I've been held down long enough. Would you boost me? Would you lift me up? Would you lift me out my past? Would you lift me out my pain? Would you lift me out my disappointment? Oh, that you would lift me. Oh, that you would bless me. Doesn't it kind of sound selfish that you say, oh, that you'd bless me? What you want to see? I found this often when we've got rejection in our hearts. And we, and we don't see ourselves as God sees us. We don't agree with what God says about us. We don't recognize we're kings and we're priests and we're sons of God. And our hearts get filled with unbelief and we don't rise up. You know one thing it affects? It affects the way we pray. It really does. When your life is held down like that, it affects how you pray. And you'll be limited in your prayer. You'll pray things like this. It'll be a general prayer. It'll be like, Lord, bless the world or give the world peace. 
It becomes general. And even when you pray, you'll pray for somebody else to be blessed because you can't believe that God can bless you. And the real issue is, is that rejection is deep in your heart. And so when you pray, your prayers are riddled with guilt and shame. What does that mean? That means I don't come with boldness to the throne of God. I limit my prayer life because I don't believe that God can really move beyond my pain and my sorrow and answer. And I don't really believe him for his blessing because of the stuff I feel inside my heart. My prayers are are very limited and very held back because of the way I perceive myself in my own heart. This is what he says. He says, bless me. And he uses the word, bless me, what? Indeed. In other words, that's not, that is going beyond survival prayer. In other words, when I say to be blessed indeed, I say, Lord, bless me so abundantly, not just for me, but you would so bless me so I can be a blessing to others. See, how can you be a blessing to others if you are not blessed yourself? Is that right? And he's saying, Lord, abundantly bless my life, abundantly Bless me, multiply it, Lord, so that I can be a blessing to someone else. And God said, I'm going to bring you out of that place of pain, raise you up to a place of blessing, and everybody will recognize it's me that's done it. Amen. People will recognize that you have done it. And I think above all else, we've got to be hungry and get hungry for the blessing of God. We really have. But it's not for us. If we always see it as as something that's focused on ourselves we're going to lose it but when I see that I want to be blessed so I can impact and influence others and God's going to do something amazing look at Ephesians 1 3 after what Paul says here I just love this verse Ephesians 1 3 Ephesians 1 3 says this blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. That's what God's saying. Everything that you need for a blessed life has already been given. It's already been made available to you through your relationship with Jesus Christ. What we need to learn is to access the realm of heaven. We need to put ourselves in a position to receive the things of God that God has for us. He's already provided for every area of your life. The question is not whether you're blessed. I think the question is, is whether you believe for it. Amen. Whether you've got believing faith to believe that God can really bless your faith. In other words, when we realize that, I honestly believe this, and I'm seeing more and more as I go on, our words shape things in our world. Our our words really do. And when we begin to declare over our lives that we are blessed, we shape the visible world through what we feel inside our hearts. Jesus says, out of your mouth, that the abundance of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so when I really believe in my heart that I am, I'm going to be blessed of God, that God's going to turn my difficulties, my sorrow, my pain into something incredible, and I really begin to confess that and declare that in my mouth, I begin to shape the world around me. 
If I moan about it, if I groan about it, if I complain about it, then also I begin to shape my life, my sh- I shape my world in a negative way. I think every day you ought to say, Lord, wake up and say, Lord, I'm blessed. Will I feel it or not? I declare that I am blessed. This is a song, every day I'm blessed. Remember that song? No, okay, I burn a song, every day I'm blessed. And I think that when you begin to declare that, it causes faith to arise in your heart, and then you begin to live in the reality of it. If you wake up and all you're doing is moaning, groaning, complaining, and, and talking about your problem, showing how big your problem is, speaking about your problem, you're never going to see a change in it. But when you stand up in the face of adverse, adversity and say, you know what, I'm really blessed. In fact, if you really look at your life, you can always find something to what you're blessed for. Is that right? Every time, every one of us could actually find something that we're blessed. I think the very fact you're here breathing is a reason to be say, Lord, thank you, I'm blessed. Amen. And we've got to sort of develop that kind of attitude. He had an attitude, says, Lord, I'm blessed. Lord, I'm asking you that you would pour your favor and your blessing upon me because without that I will never succeed and never achieve anything in life unless you bless me. Amen? The first thing, say, I am blessed. There's the next thing he plays for. He says in verse 10, Oh, that you would enlarge my territory. In other words, he's saying, God, give me progressive growth. Stretch me, and God, don't stop. Lord, you know, your territory is your life and the influence your life brings. You're saying, God, let my life grow greatly. Let me be a positive influence on those around me. Your territory is both the invisible and the visible. In other words, what you are on the inside begins to reflect on the outside. And he's saying, Lord, I want you to enlarge my heart. I think what that means is I need to renew my mind and believe what God's word says about me. You know, I think the big thing, and I think it's a massive thing that so many people struggle with, is a victim mentality. A feeling of feeling of being inferior. And if we have a a negative belief system in our lives, it's going to limit my life and what I can accomplish. The borders of my life will never be stretched if I have... If I have a small mindset in my mind, I've got to enlarge the way I see myself. I've got to deal with unresolved issues of the heart. Because all these things limit what God can do in my life. A bad attitude. I've got to deal with the emotional parts of my life. People could be ruled by unforgiveness and anger and unresolved hurt. And if, and those things will be a border to your life. They'll limit your life. You'll never be able to grow or enlarge if those issues are there in your heart. And, God, and we need to say, God, remove everything in my life that prevents me from growing. The way I think. The way I act. The words that come out of my mouth. Let there be a change in those areas of my life so my life can be enlarged and grow. Let me no longer limit my life to the way I think. Don't let, me, don't let anything confine the borders of my life. You know the family elephants? There's a good one. Elephants. You know elephants? When elephants are young, they tie elephants into stakes in the ground. And the elephant starts pulling and pulling. 
and he can't get free. Years later, when that elephant weighs up to seven tons, he doesn't pull against the stake. Even though it's tied to the stake, even though you could pull it up in a moment, it still believes that stake can hold it. And I think that we can be like that in life. We can be, we can be limited. We can be tied to things like fear and failure, intimidation. And those things are things that we are tied to in life that limit what God wants to do in us. When God gave the children of Israel their territory, he says, in that land there will be giants. And I love what Caleb said. You know what he said? He said, those giants will be our food. Isn't that incredible. In other words, he says, those giants are going to be the means by which we are able to grow and by which we are able to enlarge our life. Isn't that powerful? And I think there's giants in life. All kinds of giants. Giants of disappointment. Giants of doubt. Giants of grief. And if you face them, they are there to enlarge your life. Isn't that right? Haven't you found that some of the challenges in life have been the means by which you've enlarged your territory? Haven't you found that? You faced an incredible challenge, an incredible difficulty, as you confronted it, as you dealt with it, your life grew and enlarged through it. That's what God says. Those very areas of your life can be areas that can be food to you, that can cause you to grow and to be enlarged. And God says, Lord, would you enlarge my territory of my life? Enlarge my opportunity in life. Help me to, to speak to more people about you. God, would you, come in this, would you in this coming year increase the opportunities for me to speak to other people's lives? Amen. What a great prayer. Enlarge. Enlarge my capability to be a witness. Connect me with more people. Help, us more, help there to be more people that I can influence in life. Help there be more people that I can be a blessing to and talk to. Enlarge my marriage. Well, let my marriage grow and be enlarged this year. Lord, increase joy in my life. Increase peace in my life. Let my home grow and be enlarged. Lord, would you favor my relationships? Would you cause them to be enlarged with love and joy? Lord, enlarge me in my serving. Lord, would you increase the anointing upon my life? Would you increase my relationship with you? Would you cause me to go deeper in my prayer life, deeper in your word, deeper in my walk with you? Would you increase and enlarge my territory? What's a prayer about? It's saying I'm not satisfied with what I have. It can be amazing, it can be awesome, but I want more. Enlarge my territory. In every dimension of my life, would you cause me to increase and, and go forward and enlarge? How many think that's an amazing prayer to pray? You see, Lord, oh, that you'd bless me. As your blessing comes on my life, cause it to bring increase and enlargement in my life. And there's the other thing he prayed. And I like this one. That your hand would be upon me. In other words, if I'm to be blessed in life, if my territory is to increase, I need the hand of God to do it. It's never going to happen. It's never going to work unless the hand of God is upon me.
I think one of the greatest autobiographies I read that impacted my life was the, was the, was, was the life of Catherine Coleman. And she would say that all the miracles happened because she realized she was nothing. And before she went to pray for the sick, she would say, God, I'm reminding you, I am nothing. And if you don't show up, there'll be no miracles here today. I would just say today, that what a prayer. God, we need your hand. We need the touch and the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? We need the power of the Spirit. We need to become such a place where we're dependent on the Holy Spirit. I read about this girl, and this girl sailed around the world. Sailed around the whole world. And she faced storms. She faced incredible odds. And the most difficult place she ever went was near the equator. You know why that was? Because there was no wind there. She had a million dollar yacht, every type of equipment you could think possible, but she couldn't do anything because she never had the wind. And you can see that the connection. We can have everything in place. We can have the greatest outward things going. But without the breath and the wind of God, we will achieve absolutely nothing. Individually and personally. And I think the thing you need to pray above all else is, Lord, breathe your breath on me. Put your hand upon me. Put your spirit upon me in a new and mighty way. Because without the hand of God, without the spirit of God, we will not achieve anything significant. Why do we lift hands up? You know what we do? What, what it really means is this. We're saying, Lord, I surrender to you. I'm dependent on your spirit. I'm dependent on your power. I think of the early church. When they were faced with persecution, when they were faced with overwhelming odds, you know what they prayed? They didn't say, Lord, take away the problems, take away the difficulties. They said, God, would you stretch out your hand? And would you perform signs and wonders and miracles? Because we are not going to see anything supernatural unless you stretch out your hand. What a prayer. I think, again, the church of God needs to cry, God, we need the supernatural again. We need miracles. We need signs and wonders. And not one thing will happen unless you stretch out your hand. Unless you perform and stretch out your hand. And I was thinking about the hand of God. You think about it. On your hand, you've got five fingers. Well, I think most of us have, anyway. But you know what about the five fingers? They represent the hand of God. I think that thumb there represents... Warfare. Aren't you glad that God, if you like, is a God of war? And guess who he's fighting for? Fighting for you. The battle is not yours, says the Lord. The battle is whose? Is mine. And when God stretches out his hand, he arises. And, and, and the psalmist says, let God arise and let all your enemies be scattered. I found that. That when the hand of God comes, it's amazing what things are scattered and broken. Isn't that wonderful? As the hand of God flows. I think the hand of God, also it speaks about the, the, the conviction. We're praying on, 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 in the prayer meeting. How we need the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit, when the hand of God falls, often it falls in conviction. You see things about your life you've never seen before. 
The conviction of God falls upon you, not because someone has pushed you or, or, or manipulated you, but as the hand of God falls, it brings great conviction. How we need the convicting work of the Spirit again in our day, amen? Where the Spirit of God convicts. He comes to convict of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment to come. The hand of God as it falls. The hand of God also brings the favor of God. I love what it says in the Proverbs. It says, when the, the hand of the Lord can turn the hand of a king. Isn't that powerful? Because when the hand of God's there, God favors you in all kinds of situations. How many found that in your, in your workplace, maybe? How many found that? Is that right? hand of God's there, suddenly favor. People begin to favor you in incredible ways. Because the hand of God always brings the favor of God. It brings the protection. As you well know, I've had a few crashes along, my, along the way. <laughs> Shop doors, off chains. Since I, I noticed they sort of closed up when I sort of came over. Uh, but I could see in all kinds of areas of life how God has protected my life in all kinds of amazing ways. The hand of God is the hand of protection. And the hand of God is the hand of growth. When the hand of the Lord was upon the church, many were added and many were saved. Can you say amen? How many say we want the hand of God? I think it also means... When he says, Lord, your hand will be upon me, it's not a closed hand. Look in the Hebrew, it's an open hand. Isn't that lovely? An open hand. In other words, God's saying, I've got an open hand over your life. And Jabez says, God, I want everything you've got in your hand for me to have. All the potential, all the power, all the anointing, all the ability, all the things that are in your hand for me to have, I want every bit of it. Amen? Open your hand over my life. I love the other thing. It means, Lord, would you put your touch upon my life? How many want the touch of Jesus? Oh, the touch of Jesus. Oh, that you'd put your touch upon my life. Let me close with this. A lot more I could say. Let me close with this. He says that you would keep me from evil. Now, get a hold of this. Isn't it amazing that when you start to experience the blessing of God and the hand of God's on your life and, and God's doing amazing things in your life. Isn't it amazing? God's enlarging you and you're growing. Amazing things happen. How many realize the enemy wants to come in and steal what God's doing in your life? Is that right? And he's saying, God, would you put your protection on me? Lord, Lord keep me from evil. Keep me from... Cause your hand to be upon me. Help me never forget who my source is. Help me never forget that I'm being blessed because of something in me. Help me to always realize I'm only blessed because of who you are. My eyes are focused on you alone and you are my source. I'm not going to depend on myself. I'm not going to depend on my own resources. I'm looking to you. Help me, Lord, to keep me from those things in my life because I don't want to cause pain and hurt to anybody else. Other people can be affected. Other people can be hurt often because of our disobedience. Is that right? Souls are not reached. Lives are not impacted. Communities are not turned around because we've not obeyed him. I remember a story of a great evangelist 
And he always said, and he just fell away from God and lost the fight of God for part of his life. And God restored him. God did an amazing work in his life. But he always says, no, I just think, only, I just think of the lies I could have touched if only I would have been on fire for God. And that's the, that's the goal. We want God's hand to be upon us because there's so many people that need to be reached and touched with Jesus. Can you say amen? And they're not going to do it unless we're blessed, unless we're being enlarged, unless the hand of God is upon us and we're walking in the ways and the purpose of God for our lives. And if we do that, Wow, what an amazing life we can have. Isn't that an amazing prayer? That's a good prayer to pray for this year, isn't it? Lord, oh, that you'd bless me. And you bless me, not a little bit, but bless me what? A lot indeed. Oh, that you'd enlarge me. Let there be growth in every area, every dimension of my life. Lord, you put your hand upon me. I need, as I face work today, I need the hand of God upon me. Amen? I need the hand of God in that workplace as never before. Lord, keep me from evil. Help me not lose all the amazing things you're doing in my life. Help me to, to maintain and to recognize you're my source and not lose the, the incredible blessings that you're pouring into my life. God heard him. I think God will heal you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Eden Church. For more downloads, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyeden.co.uk.